You already know what time it is. Welcome back into the NFL with AJL, ladies and gentlemen, episode 16. We are live on a Friday night. You already know the deal. YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching us live, please make sure to drop the like on the stream. Subscribe on YouTube. Y'all have been running it up on the subscribers for me. The love on social media has been great. You guys already know as well. Make sure to hit the bell on YouTube so you never miss a post whenever we drop one. The QR code in the corner of the screen. Scan that for every bit of podcast content. Make sure you leave us a review on podcast platforms. And if you can't scan it on the screen, at the NFL with AJL. If you can't find me, you're simply not looking hard enough. Happy Good Friday, everybody. Beautiful Friday. Awesome weather. Hope everyone's had a great week leading up to Easter. Hope you got some awesome, awesome Easter plans ready for Sunday, whether it's with your family, your friends. You might just be hanging by yourself. Whatever you choose to do on the holiday, hope you guys stay safe. I hope everyone's had a great Friday in general. Pack show tonight. We're talking about NFL safeties. We're talking about NFL cornerbacks. Mac Jones is already being shot by the Patriots. Justin Herbert's contract talks have officially started, but I don't want to spill the bag before we get into the show. As always, you know you can call 678-480-8716. Again, call the show 678-480-8716. Let's go ahead and get into episode 16 of the NFL with AJL. Taking it right off the top, like I mentioned, the NFL draft safety rankings. Going to give you my top three. We're going to get into some corners later into the show. Again, make sure you drop a like, get in the chat. Love reading the comments from you guys, and and let's get into it. So the number one safety in this NFL draft, undoubtedly, I think the consensus all agrees, is Brian Branch out of Alabama, coming in at six foot, little light on the safety side at 190 pounds, or excuse me, maybe not light, but a little heavy. Nonetheless, the weight could be some concern for people with this safety, 21 years old. Uh, some will say that he could play this slot cornerback role in the NFL, and we did kind of see that at Alabama as well. Only 101 snaps at traditional safety, so he is going to need some more work in that role. Some are saying he's kind of like a Jimmy Ward play style. He runs a four five, eight had 14 reps on the bench, 37 and a half inch vertical. So he's got good athletic traits looking at some of his numbers and just how he defended at Alabama at the safety position, two interceptions, six pass breakups, seven pressures, three sacks at the safety position, and then a total of 89 tackles. Speaking of him being a tackler, he does not miss a lot of tackles. One of the better tacklers at the position and really In this class, on the defensive side of the football, 3.3 missed tackle rate. I want to make sure my mic is good. uh, I'm pretty confident that it is, but okay, cool. Sometimes I plug it up right before we get going, so I wanted to make sure it was solid there. But yes, getting back to Brian Branch, undoubtedly the best safety in the NFL draft. This guy plays big. He really relies on physicality, really relies on contact. Again, standing at six foot, weighing 190 pounds, and he plays very well positionally. It feels like he's always in the right place at the right time, knowing how to drop back into that coverage, playing man up on some press if he needs to. And being in the SEC, I'll always have respect for the defensive players that are out of the SEC. We know the type of teams that they go up against. We know that the SEC is usually contending in the playoffs for the title game. A lot of smash mouth defenses, Georgia, Alabama. I mean, you name it in the SEC, they're going to be worth it. LSU, a couple of years ago, you could have picked their entire defense clean. Now, yes, that was the 2020 class, but them being known as DBU, you're going to see Alabama have some players um, perform well in the NFL and out of this draft, Brian Branch. It's definitely going to be one of those. Now, you do look at he plays bigger than he is, which is really good. You do have some safeties out there that could, again, fluctuate on the weight and the height, but the way that he carries his play style works out well for him, clearly getting him the number one spot in the NFL draft at this safety position, a four five eight, like I mentioned, on the 40, so he's going to have decent speed at the position. The number two safety in the NFL draft is going to be Sidney Brown out of Illinois, 5'11", 211 pounds, so pretty solid on his weight, 23 years old coming into the draft, and he's going to be more of your versatile safety, not so much in the slot like Brian Branch was. He's going to be able to you know, drop back in coverage, going to be able to maybe see a burner coming over the top end, be able to play that side-to-side safety, and, and really like the, the secondary players 
in the NFL need to be, and really just with defense in general, all of the speed, the offensive league in the NFL, you need to be able to play between the numbers and also sideline to sideline. There's there's going to be people out there looking to put up yards, put up points. He runs a better 40 than Brian Branch, runs a 447, 40 and a half inch vertical, so a little more of an athlete than Brian Branch as well. But he does have this big hit mentality about him, so that can result in some missed tackles and we know when you're playing in the secondary position, uh, whether you're a linebacker or whether you're just going to tackle in general, having that big hit mentality and not just looking to wrap up, have that simple textbook tackle, live to see another play, can be a downfall of some people and unfortunately could even cause injuries as well. Um, you also look at the fact that he does have some average change of direction ability, which isn't isn't the best thing, again, to be in the NFL he is going to be a versatile safety, like I mentioned earlier, but being able to change your direction at a quicker rate, again, with the hips, with the footwork, something that he definitely can improve on. But let's get to some positives about him again. He runs a 447, 40 and a half inch vertical, going to be that versatile type safety in this draft. Number two prospect for me, uh, five pressures, six pass breakups, six interceptions, 71 tackles. Tremendous explosiveness and tremendous range, though. As much as he could change direction better, once he does get turned, he can track you down on the field using that, utilizing that 40 speed, the explosiveness pairing with that big hit mentality, and he will put a hit on you, but you do want to see him hit more of those tackles in the league. Very big build at the 211 pounds, and in 2022, you can tell that he really worked on his ball skills, whether it was tracing the receiver, whether it was tracing the football, getting his hands up, looking for more pass breakups. Again, he had six of those. He continues to work on that, and he'll get to the league at the next level. And, and you know, unless you're Brian Branch, you're not going to be, and maybe even Brian Branch isn't going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. But Sidney Brown out of Illinois, being that day-two pick, being the number one safety in the NFL draft, nothing but respect for him. And, and I can't wait to see how his career plays out. I mean, when you have enough – 40 and a half inch vertical as a safety in the league being versatile. It's going to definitely, definitely compliment you. <clears throat> Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. What's up, plug? Good to see you on the stream, man. Don't be a stranger. I know you're busy out there hustling, though. Real quick, I want to, speaking of plug, I got to give you a plug, my man, because I appreciate you show, so much showing up on the show. Y'all go, oh, I can never, there we go. Y'all go check out plug customs on youtube at plug customs uh at plugged in with jay jay the plug however you're able to find him guys no kidding if you are looking for some of the sickest shoes seriously go look at him on youtube right now he makes cleats for so many players so many athletes not even to gas him up in that aspect the talent is absolutely unmatched and i, I still need to send you a pair of cleats um or not even a pair of cleats but a pair of shoes actually now that you're on here so this is an NFL podcast, but you know, I do what I want because it's my show. My favorite pair of Jordans. These are the what the fours. And I've thought about handing these over to you, Jay, if you're still in the chat and just, I mean, letting you do whatever. Guys, I know, I know you probably just be like, bro, what do you like? Um, if y'all don't know what the what the fours are, I'm very, very picky about Jordans, but these are some of my favorite. It's the um, the fire reds, the breads, the military blues, and the... Oh, God, God, God. I can't remember the other colorway. They're all on here, though. But yeah. Anyways, shout out Plug Customs. <clears throat> if you didn't like that, sorry. It's my show. Do what I want. <sighs> Anyways, though. Now, the number three safety in this NFL draft, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M, running a 4 5 so he's going to be able to use some of that to his advantage as well. Only got up eight reps on the bench. Only had a 31 and a half inch vertical. So you are going to see that athleticism fall off some. But with the 40 time, he's 6'2, 198 pounds, 21 years old. So he's got good height. Curly Willie, excuse me, one of the younger guys coming into this draft. And he's going to be able to be a little versatile as well. More of maybe like a box safety and then moving around into the slot as well. Long frame, great downhill burst again at 6'2", 40 time of 4'5'2". He is going to be able to play along the line of scrimmage like a linebacker, which is a very attractive trait when you're going into the NFL, being able to play sideline to sideline, understanding that you're going to have to catch those types of players in the league because that's what the NFL is turning into. And, and having speed and agility, athleticism on your side, especially at this position, because you can be, you know, start as a safety, maybe move you into the linebacker position, get you up on the line of scrimmage. So being able to have that, really going to be beneficial. And then he is violent at the catch point. I mean, when 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 the catch point is happening, 
when that's there, he's going to be able to be there and blow up that play. No question about it. And, and, and that's something, you know, being able to be quick to the ball, being able to have that reaction speed and reacting once you do have that play happening in front of you. I mean, that could be potentially breaking up a pass that could be potentially a fumble, you know, um, and, and all very, very positive things. So my top three safeties in this draft, number one, Brian Branch out of Alabama, number two, Sidney Brown out of Illinois, number three, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M. I almost put Jordan Battle in here, but I didn't know if I wanted the entire safety tandem of Alabama in the NFL. They're go both going to be drafted, Brian Branch and Jordan Battle. Um, Jamie Robinson looks very good as well. None of these guys are perfect prospects, though, like we always say. Let me know what you guys think. What are your safeties coming into this NFL draft? All right. Now, didn't even realize I didn't drop his comment, but it's all good. We're moving on into the Patriots. Shopping Mac Jones. And I didn't really think this was anything at first. You know, kind of a slow news week, but looking into it, Realizing how loaded the AFC is, we're going to have a segment coming up for that. How loaded is the AFC actually? It's crazy. I put out my top 10 list once Aaron Rodgers goes over. I want to revamp that. Um, and I mean, it's again, out of outside of three or four teams in the AFC, they're, they're all good and have the capability to be really good. We're going to get into that on the next show, though. So the Patriots have shopped Mac Jones to multiple teams this offseason. Bill Belichick was approached about it. He denied it, of course, which, go figure, it is what it is. I don't really know if that's anything to take away from it. A coach is going to do what he's supposed to do and say what he's supposed to say, especially for the media. It's way different in the locker room. It's it's different for a lot of things in the NFL, and the media is, is just what we see, clearly. But knowing that this did happen in the 2023 offseason, they just took Mac Jones a couple of years ago, which we remember when Cam Newton got cut, that was really surprising. Really, really surprising when Cam Newton got cut. We were like, okay, Mac Jones is going to step in. In his rookie year, 67.6% completion, 3,800 yards, literally 3,801 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 picks, and a 92.5 passer rating. Not bad for your rookie year. We go into last year, and I uh, let's see, how many wins did he have? I did not pull that up. Um, okay, so he went 6-8 and eight as a starter in 2022, and then he went 10-7 and seven in his rookie year. So... 16 and 15 as a starter can't really completely use that against him because I do believe he had some injury issues when, um, you know, when, when last season was going on, but Mac Jones impressed in his rookie year. I was very shocked. Uh, I knew Bill Belichick was capable of coaching Mac Jones very well, but knowing that Mac Jones won 10 games because, you know, he was the player that was in the situation of, and not the only player, but he was a player in the situation of the Patriots could have won five or six games because it could have been tough. Mac Jones coming in there. First round pick out of Alabama. Mac Jones is one of the few Alabama quarterbacks of recent memory. He's not better than Bryce Young. He's not better than Jalen Hurts. At his peak, he's definitely not better than two. And that's not a that's not a knock at Mac Jones. But knowing that he was picked in the first round, I think this was it 16th. I, I can't remember where he was picked, but he was the Patriots first round pick a couple years back. And, um, you know, just knowing that he had a floor of potentially five, six, seven wins. But I also said, OK, if the Patriots did win 12, 13 games, Bill Belichick would be able to coach this kid. People were ridiculously talking about him kind of being like Mac Jones, which I, I didn't believe that at all. But Mac, Mac Jones impressed in his rookie year and, and Bill Belichick did his thing. And I was like, OK, 10 wins rookie year. If I was a fan, I'd be happy. It was it was, again, definitely impressive to see. But then you walk into last year. He goes six and eight as a starter. The numbers drop off. He goes to, where was it? Okay, I just had it here. He goes to 65% completion, 2,997 yards, so just shy of 3,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Not the greatest season for Mac Jones. And the Patriots weren't working with a lot, right? Let's not let's not kid ourselves on that. They did just sign Juju Smith-Schuster. They did just sign... Um, Mike Gesicki, they did just sign a couple of other players like they've been spending money in the offseason and that's totally valid. I mean, when you've been working with Jacoby Myers and when you've been working with um, God, who was a player a few years ago? I, I can't remember who the player was a few years ago, but when you're not working with weapons on the offense is the reason why Tom Brady left. And now we're seeing in the last year the same thing happening with Mac Jones. And this is interesting because Bill Belichick was forced to be on a different pedestal 
and draft Mac Jones, having moved on from Tom Brady. Cam Newton was brought into the room, and then Cam sporadically gets cut before the season. So knowing that Belichick might really potentially be regretting this move, and here's why. The AFC is is getting absolutely stacked. I mean, when I put out my top 10 teams, I had the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. That's That's not discussable at all. I believe the Broncos, the Browns, the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Ravens out because I don't believe Lamar Jackson is going to be a Raven. I'm going to put the Steelers. I'm going to put the Jaguars. Um, let's see. Chiefs, Bills, Ravens. Excuse me. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Dolphins, Jaguars, Browns, Broncos, Chargers, Steelers. Um, damn, who is my other team? I can't. Oh, oh, and then the Jets. The Jets. So, Knowing that all of those teams are stacking up, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, again, they're 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 non-negotiable. Um, the Dolphins looked good last year. Unfortunately, Tua was falling around with some concussion things, or uh, you know, falling to some concussion issues. But knowing that when Tua was healthy, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and that offense was hanging with anyone in the NFL. Um, I mean, you look at the Jaguars, how they've arrived. I have a lot of faith in Sean Payton to do good things with Russell Wilson this year. I firmly believe that Deshaun Watson is going to return to a top 10 quarterback status. So the AFC is stacking up. You even look at their division. The Bills, like I mentioned, clearly they're a powerhouse. The Jets, they're just waiting on Aaron Rodgers to come over. I do think it's going to be about first you know, maybe seven to nine weeks of the season, like the Jets could really be 500. They're going to have to work things out. Aaron Rodgers playing with new players. If they walk into Thanksgiving 500, I'm not shocked. But nonetheless, the Jets are getting better. And then you have the Dolphins, like I just mentioned. So the Patriots right now, once the Aaron Rodgers trades happens, they're the worst team in the division. So I'm not mad that they're shopping the quarterback pick, but it does go to show it's... The NFL stands for not for long. I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't going to have another starting job. I think he will have another starting job realistically. Um, he might be the next Kirk Cousins or potentially Jared Goff of the NFL. Not as good, but kind of the same play style, manage you a game, this, that, and the third. Um, but knowing that Lamar Jackson is available, knowing that the Patriots could trade up, I don't remember what position they are in the draft, if someone wants to drop that in the chat, but knowing that the Patriots could trade up potentially in this draft and go get if they want to take a chance on, I'm not saying they will, but if they want to just for just some reason take a chance on Anthony Richardson, and still keep Mac Jones and let, you know, AR get mentored by Bill Belichick. Or if they, you know, want to swing in for Lamar Jackson. We've heard about Bill Belichick saying, or, you know, there was rumors that Bill Belichick would do nothing, or excuse me, would do absolutely everything he could, and he would explore every option. He wouldn't stop at anything to get Lamar Jackson. So there is better quarterbacks in the market than Mac Jones right now. That's That's not a debate. We know that. But it is, it's it's tough. It's tough because now you're looking at a first round pick you just picked up a couple years ago, and it's not the end of the world. But it's 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 interesting. It's definitely interesting. It bears conversation in a division where you're the worst team, and I wouldn't even put you. I don't know if I can put the Patriots in my top ten teams in the AFC, unless they go and acquire Lamar Jackson. Um, they somehow land. I mean, I, I don't even know if C.J. Stroud and, and, and Bryce, I mean, I think they're consensusly one and two, you know. I'm not a fan of Will Levis. Maybe they jump and take Will Levis. Maybe they wait for Hendon Hooker, but he would be injured, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting. And this whole NFL draft and NFL offseason is shaking out so great. I love, it's, it's a lot of quarterback talk. I get that. And sometimes I'm like, damn, I talk about quarterbacks a lot on the show. But knowing the Lamar Jackson situation, how he withheld his trade, knowing that, the big trade already happened up to number one, knowing the Anthony Richardson hype going in, like just knowing all the moving pieces for this NFL draft, Mac Jones being shopped, certain information being withheld at certain times on big players. Like it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. The division is getting better every year. The AFC is packed. And this means a lot for Bill Belichick's legacy. Bill Belichick right now is only 20 career regular season wins out of second place all time. Career regular season wins. And he's 30 wins out of first. But when it comes to playoff and regular season wins combined, Bill Belichick is only 18 wins away from Don Shula to be the winningest head coach of all time. It's going to take him at least two seasons. They're not going to knock down 18 games this year. I mean, they... They, they could, maybe. Big splash, free agency's not over, the draft still has to happen. 
So Bill probably has that mentality. I mean, you don't become one of the legends. You don't become a great by not, you know, thinking big things. I mean, look, they drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. And look what Tom Brady turned into. I'm not calling for another repeat of that, but you got to take chances. And you got to think big. Bill could want to do that this year. And if he does, hats off to him. I'm 100% behind him for it. But if Mac Jones did get shopped, I mean, I just want to kind of take a look here on, you know, what could happen and maybe what team he could go to. I mean, because so, so many so many quarterbacks are, or not so many quarterbacks, but I feel like, you know, so many teams are set with quarterbacks. Mac Jones is not going to go to the Ravens. I mean, maybe the Titans, but the Colts and the Texans are more than likely about to come away with a quarterback. The Titans could trade up in the draft and get a quarterback. Mac Jones, I just, I don't know if he has a market. And just thinking as of right now, I know someone's going to probably going to come in there. Oh, well, Jimmy G had a market and, you know, Jacoby Brissett gets signed and, and this, that, and the third. Damn, I didn't mean to hit the setup. Let me, okay, no, we're good. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough because, I mean, I, I don't I don't see a team where Mac Jones could go. I don't. I mean, I'm looking in the NFC. I mean, they just, you know, the, the Bucks just signed Baker. That's kind of what Mac Jones might resemble, you know, feel like. Like, cleaner than Baker Mayfield with play style, but still going to be, unfortunately, around the same relevancy. Um, yeah, I mean, commanders, no. Lions like Jared Goff. You know, the Seahawks have Geno Smith. So I don't I don't see a market for Mac Jones right now. I don't. So Patriots fans, let me know what you think in the comments about Mac Jones getting shopped. Do you think he's going to be the Patriots quarterback in 2021? Does he have a market? If he does, where should he go? Who should the Patriots be looking into for their next quarterback? <laughs> Michael Darby says, Belichick's needs to retire. Whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful there, man. Belichick is a legend. He's arguably the greatest of all time. He actually thought putting a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator will be a good job. That happens sometimes. You have to deal with your resources, and then when it falls, he blames it on that. Nah, he's not going to retire, bro, simply for the fact of those wins. I wouldn't retire if I knew that. Like, Bill... Bill just seems like that guy that could lit like if I I'm 25 now if Bill Belichick is still coaching when I'm like 32 or 35 I'm not surprised because how old is he right now he's 70 if Bill Belichick coached until he was like 82 years old I wouldn't be shocked so I don't I really don't think he's going to retire anytime soon um I could see Bill Belichick winning another Super Bowl before he retires again might take another five to seven years but Bill is Bill is still great, and I know there's conversations about, oh, the league might move on from Bill Belichick. I've heard guys like Colin Cowherd, Nick Wright, you know, people on FS1, specifically even ESPN, saying like, oh, is the league moving on from Belichick? He's a defensive coach. We're just going to forget that he won six Super Bowls, and he won a couple of those in kind of the newer style of the NFL. Still went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Chiefs and Arrowhead, and I know someone's going to come out in the comments, oh, but the call in Arrowhead. I get that. Look, I'm a Saints fan. I know all about calls. It is what it is. It is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into episode 16 of the NFL with AJL. Please like the stream wherever you're at. Subscribe on YouTube if you get the chance. The QR code right here in the corner of the screen. Scan that if you can for every bit of content on social media and podcast platforms. Please make sure to leave a review on podcast platforms as well. Really helps us get out there. And don't forget that you can call the show, 678-480-8716. Again, that is 678-480, ooh, excuse me, 8716. Playing around with the graphics too much. And as always, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs, whether you are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate to fund that retirement, to set yourself free for years to come down the road and just get an asset that will truly, <clears throat> excuse me, take care of you. Make sure to hit up buy and sell with AJL on all social media platforms. Drop your email in the comments or at them on social media to get on that exclusive newsletter. And also make sure that you drop them an address and email as well. If you want to get some of their AI implant, they, so excuse me, they've implemented some AI into their business. If you drop your email, if you drop an address of a house that you live in, a house you're looking to buy, looking to invest in, or maybe you just want to know that house on the corner of the road that sat there for 37 years, 
how much is that house really worth? Drop your name, uh, excuse me, drop your address, drop that, drop that address, Jesus, Adam, drop that email, and uh, they'll get you worked out on an exclusive market report. Hope everyone's having a good Friday, literally and figuratively, no pun intended. It has been a great day so far, and episode 16 is rolling right along. More NFL draft talk. Now let's get into the top three corners in the NFL draft. We covered safeties before. I know we're doubling up on the positions today. No mock draft today. We'll have one of those on the next show loaded with trades. I'm getting crazy as hell in that NFL draft. Y'all just wait. But let's go ahead and get into the top three corners in the NFL draft. Number one, without question, is Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. I want to say he had the fastest 40 time at or uh, excuse me at the NFL Combine, running a 438, 41 and a half inch vertical. So he's an insane athlete. The only thing about him, not the only thing, but a couple of things about him is he is a bit timid in zone coverage. You can see him sometimes kind of being a little shy, not wanting to fill the entire zone, maybe pick up his assignment. He's not going to be a lazy player, but you would like to see him more active in zone coverage. 6'1", 197 pounds, hell of an athlete. Summers comparing him to Dominique rogers Cromarty, which is no, no light name to be compared to. And I can kind of see some of the similarities in his game, but it's it's hard for me to compare these these kids, literally, these children coming into the league that are going to sign their first million-dollar deal more than likely ever um, to be players of that stature. But he does have potential, no question. He is going to be more of your versatile outside corner. Again, size, length, athleticism. You're not going to find much better in this draft other than Christian Gonzalez. His hips, very smooth. He can switch. He can he can change direction, You know, be able to really track a receiver. Uh, the, you know, when they're running routes, being able to be in front of them, maneuver his hips and just really be able to deliver the elite coverage that he's capable of and, and what earns him this number one position in the draft gets around very easily. Excellent tackler. You're not going to see a lot of missed tackles out of him. But again, when he's in zone, you want to see a little, a little more activity when he is up on the press and when he's, you know, during the route, he can get a little handsy at times, but I, I think all corners realistically can get handsy at times. It's just when you do it the angles of you know the receiver's back being to the ref. I mean, there's a lot of things that really go into being an elite corner and, and playing on the outside, you know, drawing flags. Um, perfect example, what A.J. Brown did in the Super Bowl, basically faking the catch that Jalen Hurts just, you know, threw up into the corner of the end zone, which I think was a great throw. Um, but you see A.J. Brown kind of faking him out, you know, with that with those route running skills. That's elite. And Christian Gonzalez can do that with his body in certain ways and and really just play very, very well. But I would like to see him cut down on the handsiness some. And then knowing that he does like to attack the catch point a little too aggressively, um, you know, he was better about that in 2022, definitely. So that that again did secure him that number one, number one position on this draft board. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Christian Gonzalez. There's not a lot that, you know, you're, you're going to complain about with his game, four interceptions, six pass breakups. He did allow 61% completion rate, but again, four, three, eight, 41 and a half inch vertical, six, one, basically 200 pounds. You're, you're getting a hell of an athlete in Christian Gonzalez, the number two corner. And he fell a lot in my mock draft. Someone's going to pull the trigger on him early because people love an elite edge rusher, elite corner, elite defensive players are very, very valued in the NFL. And I would. I'd say I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'd say outside of quarterback and wide receiver after that, the most valuable positions and maybe even just after quarterback, the most valuable positions in the NFL are once you get to the defensive side of the football, especially in the draft. Number two, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, 5'11", 181 pounds. So he is going to be a little lighter. No 40 time, no bench, no vertical. So he didn't provide these at the combine or at pro days, wherever he performed. That information was not available. Some are wanting to say an Asante Samuel comparable. I, again, am not going to super lean into that, especially if I don't know your measurables just yet. I know that's going to come out. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be able to see those numbers. He is going to be more of your man outside corner. He is 22 years old coming into this draft, but he does play fast. He has a really click and close ability, moves in. You know, he's going to be able to see the ball. He will identify a target and then just boom, get there. I mean, very good closing in ability, processing speed. Again, the way he can get to the football, the way he can adjust his body in the air, the ball skills are great. Uh, and, and having that again in 2022, you're going to have to be able to defend those Justin Jeffersons, those Jamar Chases, those Devontae Adams, um, you know, those Tyree Kills, and just and, and be athletic, be physical, but not too physical 
and just play a, a, gr- a great position at cornerback. Great tackler, big hitter, but he doesn't have that big hit mentality like I was talking about with the safeties earlier in the show. So he's going to definitely hit on those tackles for you. But again, 5'1", excuse me, 5'11", Lord, 5'1". 5'11", 181 pounds. He is going to have a smaller frame. He's going to be pretty thin for a corner, so he's probably going to get pushed around some. You're going to see him maybe get bodied by some of the bigger guys in the NFL. He's going to have to beef up. And we've seen that complaint with some receivers like Devontae Smith. Jamar Chase was kind of viewed as smaller, but those guys are absolutely killing it in the NFL right now. And there is questions also about his top-end speed. Is he going to be able to really track someone down is he, you know, in 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 the excuse me, the little really like I said, top end speed, you know, seeing someone have a catch down the field, is he going to be able to hawk someone down? Is he going to be able to move edge to edge super efficiently? He is going to be able to click and close in quickly. Again, don't get me wrong about that, but his long term speed is something that people are kind of questioning. Now he did allow a thirty five and a half percent completion rate with 14 pass breakups and three interceptions, so definitely nothing to scoff at there. And the number three corner in this draft actually ran a faster 40 time than Christian Gonzalez, so I was mistaken there. Deontay Banks out of Maryland, 4'3", 5'40", 23 years old coming in. He is six foot, 197 pounds, a 42-inch vertical, and he's going to be an amazing, amazing cornerback in the NFL. Coming in at number three on my draft board, very great. Um, excuse me, very, 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 very agile, able to move around well, able to be quicker again with that four, three, five speed. He's very, very smooth athlete. You're not going to have any complaints about how he looks on tape, physical, great tackler. And he can also really be a leader. We saw him step up again, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. We saw him step up at times and really be that leader for the defense put, you know, leading some of these rallies, just making the big plays, kind of it felt like putting the team on his back in certain at certain times. And, you know, when when you're going to be a top, top respected corner in the NFL and, and in this draft, you're going to have to bring some of that prowess with your game. But getting some of the cons about him, you can see at some, you know, at some points in certain plays, he'll kind of just he'll just kind of tap out or maybe not pick up his assignment. And again, there's not a perfect prospect. But seeing how he won't necessarily always be in the right coverage or always be in the right assignment or always be in the right spot. So that is something you want to see him brush up on. He does tend to play the receiver's hands more than their body and actually their eyesight and and watching the way that the helmet goes. You really do have to understand, again, when A.J. Brown faked out, um, I can't remember the receiver that it was or or the DB in the Super Bowl. But when Jalen Hurts threw that bomb to A.J. Brown early in the Super Bowl, absolutely beautiful play. A.J. Brown faked with his body and also kind of faked with his hands and then with his head as well. So it was a, it was a complete, complete reaction out of AJ Brown and Deontay Banks is going to be able to need to pick up on those type of things. And of course, I'm not saying he's going to be playing AJ Brown the whole time, but moves like that are going to be throughout the NFL. And then the press technique is also going to be a work in progress too. 43.3% completion rate allowed eight pass breakups and one inter Exception. So my top three corners in the NFL draft are Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon with a 4-3-8-40 compared to Dominique Rogers crow Marty. You're not going to really have any complaints about him. Number two is Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Great closing in speed. Um, but there are questions about the long-term speed, like we said. And then the number three corner, like I just mentioned, is Deontay Banks out of Maryland running a 4-3-5, 42-inch vertical eight pass breakups this year, 43.3% completion rate. I would not venture to say that the cornerback class is weak. Episode 16 is rolling right along. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Hope y'all are having a good Friday, like I mentioned earlier. Justin Herbert has officially started contract talks with the Los Angeles Chargers, and this is one of the biggest paydays that we're expecting. I mean, I, I saw PFF post the other day on Twitter, Joe Burrow's projected contract is a four-year, $214 million deal. So you do the math, and it's about $53.5 million, something like that, $54.5 million, I believe, potentially. Um, yeah. Look, I'm trying to do math on the show. Something around there. 50 plus for Joe Burrow. Going to be absolutely crazy when he gets paid. 
Um, Jalen Hurts. I don't believe Jalen Hurts is going to want to get paid that much. I know the Eagles are going to offer it, but I believe Jalen Hurts is going to say, I'll take a team-friendly deal. This is already life-changing money. And I want us to be able to get more players. You know, I've talked about them drafting Bijan. They want to be able to make a splash play and paying Jalen all that money. It's the reason the Cardinals are in a bad spot. They paid Kyler Murray a lot of damn money. And now they're not going to be able to move on a lot of things. The Chiefs, you saw them pay Patrick Mahomes a lot of money. I really think that's why Tyreek Hill left. Tyreek Hill said they couldn't get, um, I think it was the length of the contract. Kansas City got him to 25 M's like he wanted, but they didn't get the length of the contract. And I believe that was because of Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to see a lot of paydays come in um, here in the NFL. And, And again, Justin Herbert's due for one. You look at the GM. And, and, and you got to love what he says. You look at the GM and he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about it. It's a good problem to have. It's a really good problem to have, actually, because Justin Herbert has, you know, I mean, he, he stepped in as a rookie, 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 66.6% completion, 98 passer rating as a damn rookie. By far the best, the absolute best, um, by far the absolute best, uh, season that we've seen out of a rookie quarterback. No question about that. So when his payday's coming up, that's that's not going to guy that's not going to be a guy that's, you know, uh they're not going to be nervous about his payday. We know that. I think he'll make 50 million. I had a segment. I'll drop it actually on the end screen of this clip. Um I had a segment talking about upcoming extensions. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, Justin Herbert, uh Jalen Hurts. I mean, there's there's a lot of paydays coming up. I think there was a, another one in there, but I can't completely remember. You look at Justin Herbert in year two, 5,000 yards, 5,014 yards, 66% completion, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 97.7% rating. Last year was a little tough. 4,739 yards. That's nice to see. 68% completion, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 93.2 passer rating. And the biggest thing I know that people are going to go to um, about Justin Herbert is his record. He's 25 and 24 in his career as of right now. So people are going to say, oh, wow, does a 500 quarterback really deserve to be paid that much? Well, he's dealt with a pretty injured team almost his entire time with the Chargers. I remember multiple times of Joey Bosa, of Derwin James, um, of – you know, that's just on the defensive side of the ball. I remember Austin Eckler. I remember Keenan Allen. I remember Mike Williams. I remember some of their offensive line being hurt. I've seen Justin Herbert deal with a lot, a lot of hurt on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in the three years that he's been a Los Angeles Charger. And he's still 25 and 24. He's still only been in the league three years. He clearly does his job on the field. I know he could look better. I think he could throw a little less interceptions, but still never thrown. Um, hell, I was just on it. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm saying this correctly. I want the stats. Give me the stats, man. Give me the stats, whatever. But we know Justin Herbert delivers as a quarterback. There, there's there's no question about that. So I think he deserves a payday. And again, I, I love what the GM says. I'm, I'm not worried about it. It's a good problem to have. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, when um, the Raiders are not going to be anything. Uh, But when you have Russell Wilson also and Sean Payton and Andy Reid in your division, I mean, there's a very good chance that that could be the first and second best coach in the NFL next year. And no, I'm not saying that because I used to be a Saints fan. I truly believe Sean Payton. Again, I've been on this pedestal all year. And when the Broncos are potentially playing in the AFC title game and they are one of the better teams, possibly top 10 team in the NFL, okay, I'm there for it. I'm absolutely there for it. I can't wait to do my power rankings. Hell, I, I might do one next week. I just want to come out with a with a pre, I think that's maybe what I'll do, a pre-NFL draft power rankings. Y'all let me know. Y'all let me know um, what you think about that. I feel like the mic is like always in my, always in my face. I want to make sure it's, I don't want to be, I want to be too far behind it. I want you to be able to see my mouth moving so you know it's me. No, I'm just, I'm OCD as hell. I always get picked on for messing with the mic and, and it's a, a bad trait, unfortunately. But yes, Justin Herbert's contract talks have started. I think they started about a week ago. Um, it's it's going to be good. It is it it, it is going to be good. Genuinely, I think he's going to get paid. I think there's going to be no problem. I know he's going to get paid. I don't think there's going to be any problem with resolving the numbers. I think it's going to be friendly enough to where they can go out and get something. I don't see Justin Herbert being that very difficult quarterback. He can ask for whatever he wants. 
I'll never say hand him a blank check and let him sign it seriously. I'll never say that seriously. I'll make jokes about it all day when they when I'm basically saying, yeah, a team needs to pay a player and he deserves it because of what he's done. Um, and he took him to the playoffs last year. Totally understand they blew the lead. I get that. But Justin Herbert's payday, he's going to be one of the highest paid in the NFL. He's going to be one of the highest paid in NFL history. I do want to see the Chargers get coached better. I've been a Chargers believer ever since Justin Herbert really started showing out. And even a couple years before he was showing out, as Rivers played well a lot of his career with the Chargers. I mean, didn't he I want to say he led a 14, 15 win team with the Chargers? I mean, the Chargers were were very solid. You go back and look at that offense and the defense of those years. And, and even in some recent years, the offense is great. You want the defense to be better. And I think that's where, uh, you know, Justin Herbert doesn't get a lot of fair treatment. Oh, he's not winning games. He's doing his part as a quarterback. Don't tell me 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 picks, and almost 100 passer rating is average stat padding stuff. No, it's not. Turn on the tape. Watch Justin Herbert. Watch his decision-making. He's never thrown more than 15 interceptions in a season. And that was in his second year in the league. He also threw for 5,000 yards. So, you know, Justin Herbert, I think, is going to be fine in the NFL. I think he's a future MVP. I believe he's a future Super Bowl winner. I believe he's a future Super Bowl MVP. I believe Justin Herbert will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He just has to get the right coach. The defense needs to stay healthy. The whole team needs to stay healthy. The payday is going to be another thing that looms over him because if the coaching never gets right, if Justin Herbert wants to stay a Charger forever, which it feels like he would, you know, if the defense continues to fall in this unfair way for him, like it did with Derek Carr, like it did with Brett, uh, not Brett Favre, like it did with Aaron Rodgers at times, like it did with Drew Brees at times, like it's done with some other quarterbacks to where they're doing their job. But a good season is going to be overshadowed by bad defense. And then the quarterback's going to get called bad because he's not winning games. Come on, guys. Let's take it into context. Still the best rookie quarterback season we've ever seen out of Justin Herbert. A pre-draft power rankings would be good. Yeah, I think that would be solid too, man. I think I'm going to do that. Um, the draft is in like three weeks. I'm I'm digging all the content. I am loving, loving, loving those PFF mock drafts. I'm going to do another one with some trades. And I'm pumped about it. I am really, really, really pumped about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 16 of the NFL with AJL. I appreciate everybody tuning in this evening. Please like the stream wherever you're at. Drop a comment on the stream. Let me know what you think about the show. Don't forget that you can call in as well, 678-480-8716. If you didn't get it, that is 678-480-8716. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you hit the bell so you never miss a post on the YouTube channel. Scan the QR code in the corner of the screen for every bit of social media content and our podcast platforms. Engage with us on there. Leave us a review, please, on podcast platforms at the NFL with AJL. Everywhere that you find your content, wherever you find your podcast. We are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs. Whether you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate, get at them on social media. Make sure you drop your email to get on their exclusive newsletter for the true nitty-gritty of the real estate market, not the daunting media headlines. It's still a good time to buy. It's still a great time to sell homes. I'm over here in Metro Atlanta. I just heard of a colleague. They uh, had... 10 offers, just got the house for $33,000 over asking on a listing that they just had. So major kudos to them. I say that to say it's still a good time to sell. Drop an address and your email to know the price of that home or that property, how fast it could possibly sell for the competition in the area, all the pertinent things that a seller needs to know. Get on the newsletter for some pertinent things that buyers and homeowners would need to know as well. This is a shocking story breaking this week. Tyreek Hill says after 2025 that he is going to hang up the cleats. He's going to retire and he wants to get into the gaming space. He wants to start streaming. And I am a hundred percent behind this. I hate to see athletes go when I still think Tyreek Hill's in his prime. I mean, you look at his numbers, you could argue he just had the best season in Miami, 119 catches, most ever in his career, 1,710 yards, most ever in his career. Uh, up there in terms, well, actually kind of lower in terms of average yards per catch. I didn't realize he had 17 yards per catch in 2018 with the Chiefs. Jesus. Um, seven touchdowns this year, 
You know, so Tyreek Hill had a great year this year. Most catches, most yards, and uh, not the most touchdowns, but, I mean, catches and yards clearly shows production. And just Tyreek Hill over his career, we know he's the cheetah, one of the fastest we've ever seen. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a Super Bowl champion. I believe he... It's kind of crazy to think, though, that he is going to step out, because I was about to say, I think he's going to be a, a Super Bowl champion again, but can Miami get it together? Before he steps away after the 2025 season, he'll be 31 when he steps away from the game of football. This really reminds me of Calvin Johnson when he retired early. Um, I mean, you know, Andrew Lux was because of injury, but when Andrew Luck retired early and it just it 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 sucks when, you know, these guys are like they're legends in the making. If Tyreek Hill truly and, and this is what you know, this is what makes people's careers. This is what, you know, people do in the league. They come in, they make their money, they get out. But this is what holds them out of all-time, you know, receiver rankings and, you know, goat rankings for the wide receiver and, and things of that nature. Y'all give me one second. I think my dog is having a bad dream, so i got to make sure she's good. Hey, girl. You good? All right. I just want to make sure you're good. I know you've been here uh, spectating and managing sound and whatnot, but you can't be going out on me. Love you, girl. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. Can't wait to get her a brother. Sorry, y'all. That's, uh, that's my baby. Taylor and I have already said we 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 don't need kids. We just need animals. Let's stick to the NFL, though. Tyreek Hill, you know, him stepping away after the 2025 season, it's 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 going to be rough. It really is going to be rough. Uh, not rough for him. It's just going to be rough to accept because, again, if I mean, Tyreek Hill's got 79 touch, excuse me, 63 touchdowns, 598 catches, 8300 yards in his NFL career so far. Um. Again, planning to retire after the 2025 season at age 31. He says, I'm going to finish out this contract with the Dolphins, and then I'm going to call it quits. I want to go into the business side. I want to do so many things in my life, bro. Drafted in 2016 by the Chiefs out of West Alabama. Been one of the best receivers and the best deep threat in the NFL probably since he's come in. Again, 6,630 yards, 56 touchdowns in six years with the Chiefs. And then he goes to the Dolphins last year. Goes for 119 catches, 1,700 yards, seven touchdowns. Just signed a four-year, $120 million extension with Miami following his trade from Kansas City. And, um, I mean, he's going to take the $100 million and, and ride with it. You know, I'm not saying he's going to walk with the $100 mil, you know, at taxes and everything. And I know there's no state income tax down there. Um, but Tyreek Hill is 100% on board with... <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, bro. I love that. I love that. But um, hold on. Who who is that in the chat? Hold on. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I was like, wait a second. I was like, hold up, wait a second. But all right, um, yeah, Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill stepping away after the season. I mean, Tyree Kill continues to play. He plays out a 10, 12, 14 year NFL career. We could maybe call him the greatest of all time. And I'm not going to sit here and, oh, my God, Adam, really, over Calvin, over Randy Moss, over Jerry Rice. Yeah, because none of them had the blazing over the top. Not saying that Tyreek is a better overall receiver than them, but with Tyreek's speed and deep threat ability and the way the NFL is trending, Tyreek Hill would probably have a 2,000-yard season or two in his NFL career. He was on pace to do it. So was Devontae Adams. They, you know, had some things fall short and and the season played out the way that it did. But Tyree Kill stepping away after a couple years or after, you know, the, these years in the NFL, uh, I don't hate it, but I wish he would continue to play. Again, it, it reminds me of when Calvin stepped away and, you know, when Andrew Luck retired early. And uh, I mean, hell, we've just had some, you know, we have players retire every year. It's like, oh, wow, they're done. You know, it's like, dang, they were so good and they're just done. You know, I kind of thought maybe Bobby Wagner would have been one of those guys. NFL for 10 years, linebacker, one of the hardest hitters, one of the hardest positions to stay great and elite at. Um, you know, linebackers aren't necessarily something that you find very often um, as great as Bobby Wagner. But anyways, him stepping away from the NFL. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, look, look at Shaq. Shaq has made more money off the court than he ever has on the court. Major businessman in every commercial. Shaq is truly like a he's a, a prime businessman and he sets a great example um and he's literally has his hands in everything and that stemmed from his professional athlete career lebron james with the i promise school with the lifetime contract with nike now the all-time leading scorer in nba points um 
you know, look at the business he's done, all of his shoes, everything LeBron has done, the LeBron James Family Foundation. You look at Kobe, his shoes, the way he really turned into a business mogul. I think it really became iconic with Kobe Bryant because Kobe was, he just, it felt like Kobe did it differently when he got out of basketball. He retired in 20, God, 15, 16, 14, somewhere around there. It later in my later high school days, but you know, when Kobe retired and he moved on, I think he was doing, you know, detail that I think Peyton Manning has now taken over. Um, you know, Kobe was just getting on podcasts. I mean, Kobe was really making moves as a businessman and we all talked about it. We all sat up here on multiple shows and we talked about it and we talked how great it looked. And I mean, it was tragic as hell when Kobe passed away and a major reason of why that sucked so bad. One, of course he lost his life. He's a legend, all the family, you know, uh, Gigi, everybody that was on that plane. It was absolutely horrible day. And also knowing that all of them, including Kobe Bryant, had so much more of a life to live that that hit hard for a lot of people. Um, you know, you look at Dak Prescott on his, you know, on his mattress deals, on his commercial deals. Um, you look at Baker Mayfield on all his commercial deals. You might not agree with the way Dak and Baker play football, but they're hell of businessmen. And there's a reason that you see them in a lot of ads with Hulu, um, you know, State Farm. Jack Prescott with the mattresses. I mean, they're businessmen. They're getting out there. They're networking off the field as well. And, and that's what you do. And Tyreek Hill wanted to do that. I think that is great. Tyreek Hill will probably have made um, close to $200 million, $150 million in his NFL career. That That's generational money. You know, that's, that's money to last you for generations. You spend it right. You never have to work again. You invest that correctly. Buy all the assets that you need. Um, you know, but knowing that he wants to get into streaming is major. I mean, I'm streaming right now, literally building my sports podcast. He has been gaming. He has been on the streams. Uh, it looks like he's fairly good at Call of Duty. I know he has his YouTube channel. And I'm I'm totally behind Tyreek Hill. I love the fact that at the peak of his career and at a very pivotal moment, one, he was able to be so transparent about it, leaving Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. And I mean, who who would have wanted to leave that, right? But knowing that, He's not afraid to be open about it. He like he says, hey, I'm, I'm retiring after 2025. Tyreek's like, I'm done after 2025. You know, I'm, 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 I'm out. He's letting us know beforehand. And I don't think we've seen many athletes, you know, a couple years ahead in their peak do this. And again, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm very, very happy for him. I'll be following his streaming. I will be, you know, following his social media presence. I will be behind Tyreek Hill. I'll be checking out all his stuff. He's a hell of a personality. Um, and it's going to be awesome what he's truly able to do once he moves on from this. So Tyreek Hill set to retire after 2025. He's going to finish out his final contract in the NFL. He signed the four-year $120 million deal, paid him $30 million a year at the receiver position. Highest paid receiver, I believe, in NFL history. It's crazy. It seems like yesterday Michael Thomas was getting the biggest NFL contract in history. 20 years, $100 million. <laughs> $20 million a year to $30 million a year. But look how inflation has happened. And, I mean, look what quarterbacks and, and everything makes. So, y'all let me know what you think about Tyreek Hill stepping out. Dolphins fans, how do you feel about Tyreek Hill stepping out of the scene in just a couple of seasons? Jalen Waddle was a great draft pick. You got Jalen Waddle at the right time. Jalen Waddle is an absolute monster really going to be that uh prototype mimicking Tyreek Hill whether it's Tua whether it's Lamar Jackson whoever the hell it is in the NFL draft uh they're not picking a quarterback because they forfeited their first round draft pick that's been kind of messing me up in the mock drafts I've been doing and um you know looking at and everything but yeah y'all get in the chat let me know what you think and we are going to finish out this show with the NFC win totals for 2023 these did drop a few weeks ago we're going to go over under i didn't put that in the lower third but let's go ahead and get into it packers at seven and a half you know what i kind of want to do well no i was thinking about looping some sound under it i i, I want to start doing that looping sound underneath segments just to kind of give that vibe you know just i don't know i feel like it'll be better when i'm just kind of picking from these things going over under but anyways packers seven and a half wins hmm I'm going to say under Jordan love is still kind of a question mark. There's a lot of love for him in the league. Uh, haha. I think he's going to be decent. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be solid. He showed, you know, some games where he, he played okay. It wasn't anything, um, 
you know, to I'm not going to say it's nothing to get excited about because Packers fans are going to Packers fans are going to rip my head off. Y'all drafted him for a reason. But Jordan Love, um, you know, he's he's got a lot to prove and he's going to be taking over a big quarterback position uh, with a good bit of talent on that team. But nonetheless, Packers seven and a half wins. I'm going to go under. We just slightly under. I can literally see them winning seven games. We got the Vikings at eight and a half wins. I'm going to take the over on that. I know you could probably think that the Vikings are just going to immediately flip and lose all those one score games. I think they could split them down the middle. I think this is one of the easier and safer bets. Vikings at eight and a half wins. I'll take the over. They looked awesome last year. They weren't fooling me. They were just winning all the games that they were capable of getting into and just not making it, uh, you know, a, a heartbreaker, uh, a nail biter, you know, things that the Vikings absolutely love to do. The Bears at seven and a half wins. I'm going to take the under. They went three and 14 last year. I think this is a team that will double their wins to six. They could even win seven games. I don't see them getting more than that. Kind of feels like it could be a safe bet, but knowing that a lot more has to happen. Um, if you bet the over, I, I don't think you'd be crazy. I don't think it would be something that you would lose sleep over, you know, seven and a half wins on the bears. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go under, I could see them winning seven games, which I, I feel would be acceptable winning three games a year before you're buying into Justin Fields, you're getting him help. You're spending that money. Number one, overall, um, you know, cap space in the league at almost a hundred million dollars. The lions, the lions are some, some kind of weird nine wins in total for the lions. And it's like, dang, could I, could I do a push on this? Since it's not a nine and a half or a eight and a half or whatever it is, nine wins for the lions. I'm going to go under, uh, nope. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go under I, or, or a push that's possible. I can't take them to comfortably win 10 games. They've got the talent. They did just lose Jamal Williams, but Jamison Williams is there. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is there. Sucks that they lost TJ Hawkinson. That's another reason why I think the Vikings could get over that eight and a half. Again, one of the safest bets there to me. Lions at nine, though. I'm going to take the under. They've got the potential. They did just get CJ Gardner-Johnson. So uh, NFC North, a little tricky on these over-unders, but I'm going to take the under on the Packers, over on the Vikings, under on the Bears, under on the Lions. Lions leading the way for projected win totals at nine. Saints at nine and a half. I'm going to take the over on this. Uh, nine and a half feels fair for the Saints. They just got Jamal Williams. Chris Olave is going to be there. Alvin Kamara hopefully is going to be able to play a good bit of the season. I'm not banking on Michael Thomas to be healthy, but if he does hit, clearly when he's healthy, he's very productive. There is no question about that. When he's healthy, he produces. But it's just a matter of when he is healthy. I'm hoping that things are going to be a little bit better with Dennis Allen, um, you know, with the defense as well. Nine and a half wins. Just knowing that we did as well as we could with, you know, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston going seven and 10, Derek Carr still have the draft to go. Um, ho I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can fix that. So I'm, I'm definitely going to say over nine and a half wins Falcons at seven and a half Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter. You know what? I'm going to go over for the Falcons. Seven and a half wins on the Falcons. I'm going to go over. I could literally see them winning eight or nine games. They won seven games last year, but they've made a lot of great defensive moves. I think they're going to have an impressive defense next year with everyone that they've signed. Uh, you know, Jesse Bates, Caden Ellis, David Onyemata. They have Calais Campbell coming in. Desmond Ritter is going to be throwing to Garrett Wilson. Tyler Algier is solid. Falcons still have to go through the draft as well. So it's, it's, it's awesome when you do pre-draft, post-draft. Um, you know, just talks, rankings, whatever it is. But yes, the Falcons, seven and a half wins. I'm going to take the over. Bucks at six and a half wins. I just don't see the Bucks only winning five or six games. They still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're going to build a game plan to where Baker Mayfield can more than likely manage them to at least seven wins. So yeah, Bucks at six and a half. I'm taking the over on that all day. Uh, I trust Baker to win more than six games or at least seven games in his time with the Bucs this year. Again, they still have you know a great receiving duo and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, one of the best in the league. Don't care what you say. Even if they're not up there with the numbers, with the tops of the league, we've seen what they've done before. So there's no question in my mind that they could win more than six and a half games. Panthers at seven and a half. The team that has the number one overall pick. Uh, Panthers at seven and a half. 
Oh, someone's blowing a horn outside my window. Don't know who it is, though. Panthers at seven and a half. Mm. <sighs> I'm gonna, mm, yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Panthers at seven and a half. Uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young is going to show up there. Not a whole lot to work with currently. We'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll see what happens in the draft, trades, whatever the case may be. But I'm going to go under with the Panthers on seven and a half. Defense is going to be solid. Not here to question that. But I'd like to see more out of that offense. And it's pretty bare. You lose DJ Moore. You lost Christian McCaffrey last year. You're picking the quarterback, which is great. Now we're moving on to the NFC East. Cowboys at nine and a half. I will take the over on that. That feels like a safe bet. I could see the Cowboys again winning 10, 11, 12 games. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they just got Brandon Cooks in, who is a, a very, very good receiver, been a high producer, no matter where he's been in the NFL. I think he's been traded six times now, which is an NFL record. Cowboys feel safe at nine and a half. Eagles at ten and a half feels like a safe bet, but not as, as safe, ironically. Oh, God, can I really say that? No, I'm I'm not not even going to go there. Eagles at ten and a half wins. Super Bowl runner-ups, definitely going to take the over on them. They did lose those nine pieces, but they are supplementing well. I think they're going to have a good draft. I actually had B. John Robinson going to the Eagles in the NFL draft with my first mock in one of my mocks. We're going to have quite a few of those out. So excited for the draft to be just three weeks away. Giants at eight and a half wins. Uh, I'll take the over slightly. Probably go nine. If they won 10 games, I'm not shocked. Second year, Daniel Jones. Second year, Brian Dable. Um, you know, Darren Waller is there now. What type of move are they going to make in the draft? I have them taking Osiris Torrance in my first mock draft. Giants over eight and a half wins. Commanders, six and a half wins. As of today, Sam Howell is the question. As of today, I feel like I could take over as well. This NFC East is a little interesting. Taking over for everybody. And Commanders at six and a half, they've got talent. Um, you know, I have them taking Hendon Hooker in my first draft. So if he comes in and changes stuff up, that's great. If they make a can't claim for Lamar, that's great. If they move up even higher to steal a quarterback, that's great. Eric Bieniemy's there now. Definitely going to take over six and a half wins with the commanders if Eric Bieniemy knowing that. So the entire NFC East, I'm going to take the over. Now we're into the NFC West. Seahawks, eight and a half wins. Going to take the over on that. That feels safe for sure. Seahawks, I think we're a good enough team to earn that. Again, nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins. Doesn't seem unrealistic. Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Pete Carroll really shocked a lot of people. Geno Smith being the comeback player of the year. You got to give the respect to the Seattle Seahawks. The Niners at 11 and a half wins. This is a lot. Niners at 11 and a half in a weird quarterback situation. I'm going to go under if they still won nine or 10 games because of Kyle Shanahan and his coaching that I totally understand that. But is it going to be Brock Purdy? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Um, you know, what, what, what are they going to do realistically that I believe that is the only two choices. Jimmy G is now gone, but you do have to pose the question of, can they really win 11 and a half games? I don't think I'm, I'm not going to bet money on 11 and a half games again, nine, 10, even 11. Great. But I'm going to go under on 11 and a half Cardinals at five and a half. Mm, under as well. They're projected to be maybe the worst team in the NFL next year. You're not going to see a lot of the field. Kyler Murray's not going to see a lot of the field next year. They're pretty cash strapped because of Kyler Murray's five-year, $230 million deal. Absolutely insane. They're almost to the point of cutting DeAndre Hopkins because they are asking too much for him, but he is a $30 million cap hit, $22 million dead cap on the money for the Arizona Cardinals. So it's it's not not very attractive to cut him. That would be a major loss but they might have to come down on the asking price. So they're shelling things out. Jonathan Gannon comes in as a head coach. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of us fooled in the Super Bowl that they were going to be able to hang with the Chiefs. Uh, well, I mean, they offensively hung with the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong. <coughs> but knowing that that defense did give up 38 points against some of the better competition, they weren't the greatest, as much as I hate to say it, because I have a lot of praise for the Eagles. And I want to see Jalen Hurts be an MVP and win a Super Bowl in this league. Cardinals at five and a half wins. I'm going to go under Rams at seven and a half. I'm going to take over on this because if they did again, win eight or nine games, I'm not very shocked by that. They're definitely good enough to do so. Matthew Stafford is a bit of a question. I hope he comes back healthy. So you could easily go under on this, but for right now, I'm going to take the over on the Rams at seven and a half episode 16. We're about to get out of here. I'm going to hit this music, let it play. So it doesn't cut us out. And then we are gone. 
What y'all think of the new music? Let me know. I know it's not the usual. Episode 16 of the NFL with AJL. Man, that was a really chill show. I really, really enjoyed doing the show tonight. Good Friday. If you celebrated Ash Wednesday, I believe that was this week. Let me let me make sure before I'm just throwing out these happy holidays and people might not know. Okay, Ash Wednesday was way long ago. Y'all about to roast me if you actually listened through all the way to the end. Hope you had an awesome Passover if you celebrated it. Hope you had a good Friday, literally and figuratively, if you celebrated it. I hope you have a happy Easter. Whatever you're deciding to celebrate this weekend, we will be back on Tuesday. More NFL Draft Talk mock drafts with trades it was a loaded show tonight i super appreciate y'all like the stream before we get out of here please subscribe on youtube at the nfl with ajl on social media platforms everywhere engage on social comment follow let me know what you want to see on the show get at me in the dms i'm there for you guys also podcast platform reviews make sure to help us out with those and anything you need from me let me know if i'm not on a certain platform if you want to see more of certain content if you liked be talking about college basketball with Angel Reese because that had some good reception on it. I'm here for it. I love talking sports. Happy Easter. Happy Good Friday. I appreciate everyone tuning into the NFL with AJL episode 16. We'll be back on Tuesday. Like I said, episode 17, 7 p.m. Eastern time live. Going to do my best to do a live NFL mock draft. The trades might make it a little crazy. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I love you too, babe. Drop it in right at the very end. Let me know what you think about the intro music when you get home from dinner with your friend. I appreciate y'all so much again. Episode 16, we out.